Well, hey y'all, Merry Christmas. Today we are starting our brand new Christmas series called Faces at the Manger, where we are going to look at the story of five different people, or in some instances, groups of people who were present around the birth of Jesus. And we're gonna look at how this climactic moment in human history impacted their lives, how they responded, and how it continues to impact our lives today. And so I love the Christmas season. I know I'm not alone in that. I love the Christmas lights and the music, the cookies, the holiday foods, time with friends and family. I love it all. And my husband Wes and I, we have two small kids. We have a three-year-old daughter named Parker and a five-year-old son named Finley. And y'all, if we let them, they would watch Christmas movies every single day of the year. So we have to kind of like fib to them a little bit and we tell them that all the Christmas movies are like broken uh, until the day after Thanksgiving when they're all magically fixed again. Uh, I know this isn't the most ethical way to kind of deal with the situation, but it keeps us sane January through November. But when December hits, we are ready to get prepared for Christmas. We prepare our home with decorations and we prepare piles and piles of cookies. We prepare uh, plans with our friends and our family. We prepare gifts for our kids and the people that we love. And all of this preparation, it builds this anticipation and this joy that's oriented around this beautiful season and the comforts of our traditions. Uh, But this year, This year, I have a feeling, is going to look a little bit different. And maybe you got a preview of what different looks like at Thanksgiving just a few days ago. I don't know about you, but my Thanksgiving looked a little bit different than it normally would. And now, Christmas is on the horizon. And that anticipation and that joy that we would normally feel going into this season is being replaced with things like anxiety, fear, maybe anger or depression, loneliness. And we don't know how to prepare for this unknown. And it seems like this is the reality of a COVID Christmas, right? Plans canceled, traditions altered, people that we desperately want to hug and to hold, you know, just out of reach. And these stressors are on top of the stressors that have already come with this COVID-19 season uh, in our lives, right? Because many of us have lost jobs, our relationships are strained, we're concerned about our health and the health of our loved ones. I know that even some folks in our city church community have lost loved ones because of COVID-19. We're coming up on the most wonderful time of the year during a pandemic. And so what do we do? How do we prepare for this? Preparing for Christmas is a reflex. We know where the ornaments go. We know where to hook the lights on. We know whose house we're gonna be on, what days. We know how to fit all of our traditions in. But how do we plan when everything can seem so up in the air? All right, so now that we're all like thoroughly bummed out, I want us to look at a story of a young woman whose plans were thrown out the window as well. I want us to talk about Mary. 
Now, some of you are very familiar with Mary's story, and others of us, maybe we're not as familiar. You know Mary's like the woman who wears blue in all of the nativity scenes, but maybe you don't know much more than that, and that's okay. No matter how much you know about Mary's story, we're gonna learn a little bit more about her today. And so Mary um, was a young woman, likely around the age of 14, who lived in the first century, about 2,000 years ago. And Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph. And now the two of them, they were both Jewish. And in the Jewish culture in the first century, all marriages were arranged. And this, uh, this arrangement would happen between the two families, and once they had locked on it, the couple would spend a year in an engagement period that served as like a, a binding contract between the two families. Now, as archaic as this may seem to, from like our 21st century perspective, this would have been very, very normal and even exciting for Mary and for Joseph. All right, Mary had a plan set in front of her, a predictable future. And so one day in this year-long engagement, likely kind of on the front end of this year, an angel comes to visit Mary. And this is what he had to say. We're gonna read in Luke chapter one. God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin. That's an important piece right there. To a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And so Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. All right, y'all, I love this language that was chosen here, right? She was uh, confused and disturbed. All right, you know kind of like the jolt to your system that you get when you maybe like walk around a corner and there's someone there and it kind of startles you like, oh gosh, I didn't see you there. All right, this was nothing like that. All right, this would have been such a crazy moment, the craziest thing that had ever happened in Mary's life. Like, who is this guy, this shiny guy that's in the middle of my house, and what is he doing here? And so the angel continues, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So if having an angel in your house isn't surprisingly, surprising enough, then the angel says, you're having a baby. All right, this would have been such an outrageous thing that was happening. I mean, such this high level of unexpected. The only kind of situation that I could think that would maybe even like equate for us would be like if the Queen of England showed up to your house tomorrow, knocked on your door, and told you that you got a speeding ticket in Michigan. You know, it's like, hello, your majesty, it's, it's nice to meet you. Um, I don't think I've ever been to Michigan, but okay. As outrageous as that circumstance would be for us, this was even more outrageous. This was certainly not in Mary's plans. And so let's see what happens next. And so Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. All right, let's stop right here for just a minute and take a look at what just happened. All right, Mary was told by an angel that she, a virgin, was going to become pregnant with the Son of God. This was absolutely unprecedented and unfathomable circumstances. All right, this goes against all of Mary's comforts and her plans and her traditions. All right, but let's look at how Mary responds when the angel tells her this. All right, first, the first thing that Mary does in this story that we've just read is she believes. When the angel shows up, as terrifying as that would have been, Mary believes what she said, what he says. All right, she doesn't balk, she doesn't laugh, she doesn't say, dude, what are you talking about? She doesn't say, you know, I think you're looking for Jessica. She lives down the street, third house on the left, you can't miss it. No, she doesn't do any of those things. Instead, she believes. Not because she's gullible or naive, but because she has faith. A 14-year-old young woman with a strong, deep, and simple faith. Mary believed. Our young people, this is where I need you to pay attention for just a second. Because I think when we're young, it's very easy for us to believe that we're not very important and that we can't really have an impact on this world. But what I need you to see right here is that God used the simple and strong faith of a 14-year-old young woman to, to have an incredible impact, the largest impact that has ever happened in our world. Never underestimate what God can do through a young person with faith. And so Mary believed. The second thing that we need to see is that she obeyed. Her response to the angel was, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She obeyed, even though she was engaged. And that engagement was a contract. She obeyed even though the apparent breaking of that contract uh, could lead to her death. She obeyed even though this would be a scandal and it could bring shame and embarrassment on her family. She obeyed even though there was a chance she was going to lose her fiance. She chose to obey. In the middle of all of that, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't fit with my plans, even if it's hard, even if it's a mess, I am the Lord's servant. She believed and then she obeyed. And as extraordinary as those two things are, Mary isn't done surprising us yet. And so Mary decides to go and visit her, her cousin, Elizabeth. And now if you've never heard Elizabeth's story, it is an incredible story. We don't have time to get into it right now, but I encourage you to go Google it or look it up in Luke uh, chapter one because it is an incredible story. And so Mary, she goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. And if we think about it, this Elizabeth is likely the first opportunity that Mary's had to talk to 
anyone about what's going on. All right, and if I'm Mary in those circumstances, like I've thought through, like I'm having arguments in my head, I'm preparing this long monologue about how unfair everything is or how I don't wanna do it or how this doesn't match my plans, right? It's a good thing I wasn't Mary. But Mary doesn't do any of those things, right? She doesn't gripe or complain. She doesn't stomp her foot and cry over the injustice of the situation. She doesn't project her anxieties, which we can say with confidence that she likely had. She says this instead. We can see this in Luke 1, 46. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation. In the midst of unbelievable, unprecedented, extraordinary circumstances, Mary worships. She believes, she obeys, and then she worships. It quickly becomes clear why God chose Mary. Because when the unexpected happens, when God shows Mary her unique piece of the puzzle, her unique purpose, she says, yes, she believes, she obeys, and then she worships. This is how Mary prepared for the coming of Jesus. And so now I wanna talk about us for a little bit. Because in this season, this unprecedented, unpredictable, extraordinary season, it's going to be so easy for us to stress out over our, our missed plans, over our kind of redirected traditions, over the canceling of the things that we love, about how we're going to prepare for COVID Christmas. It is going to be so difficult to not stress about the little details over there. And just like really quick aside, y'all, I'm not trying to suggest that your traditions or your plans are bad things. I am certainly not trying to suggest that because they're not. They're good things. In fact, after this, I'm going to go home and decorate. Uh, my family and I, we're gonna decorate our tree while we watch the movie Elf uh, and eat pizza and drink eggnog because that's our tradition. There's nothing wrong with our traditions. But when our traditions don't line up, when our plans get canceled, we can't let that suck the joy out of this incredible season. And one way that we can do this is stressing a little bit less on how to prepare for Christmas and like Mary, turn our attention towards preparing for Jesus. And so what does this look like? It looks like doing exactly what Mary did. She believed, she obeyed, and then she worshiped. And so let's talk about believing for a second. All right, there are some folks that are watching this who have believed, uh, have believed in Jesus, maybe for a short amount of time, maybe for a really long time, whatever the case may be. 
In this season, I want to challenge you to reinvigorate that belief, to go back to the beginning and to stand in awe of what Jesus has done for you and what God is going to continue to do in and through you. All right, if you've never believed in Jesus, first of all, I want to tell you that I am so glad that you are watching today. I want you to know that City Church is a place where you are always welcome, a place where you can ask your difficult questions, a place that you can come no matter if you agree with what we believe or if you don't. But for just a minute, I wanna tell you why we believe what we believe. And so Christmas time, we talk a lot about the baby Jesus, which is fitting because we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. But why this baby? Of the billions of babies that have been born, why do we focus on this baby? Because this baby became a man, a man who was a teacher, who taught us how to love God by loving our neighbor a servant who taught us how to love and care for those in need, a king who put others before himself, a mortal man who would live an impossibly perfect and sinless life, and a savior who would die a criminal's death on a cross so that we could have eternal life with him. John 3, 16 says this. It says, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why would he do any of this? It's because he loves you. It's because he wants to have a relationship with you. It's because he wants you to have freedom from the sin in this world. It's because he wants you to be defined by more than just your worst moments. And so, what he did was he sacrificed himself. He paid the penalty for my sin and he paid the penalty for your sin so that we could have all of these things. And all we have to do is believe like Mary did. She believed and then she obeyed. And so let's talk about what obeying looks like for a moment. You know, God put in front of Mary her unique piece of the puzzle. He put in front of her her very unique purpose and asked her to live it out. And that's how Mary obeyed. And that's what it looks like for us to obey as well. It looks like us living our unique purposes. Now, some of you, you've spent some time and energy discovering what your unique purpose is. And if you know what that is, fantastic. Go and do that. That's what obeying looks like. For others of us, maybe we're not so confident about what our unique purpose is, and that's okay. Start with loving your neighbor, because that is part of each and every one of our purposes. You know, coming up in December, City Church has some opportunities where we're going to go and serve on the inner west side where our new community center is going to be. We're looking for 200 folks that are willing to go down there and to love those neighborhoods by participating in various service opportunities. Right? You want to obey in this season and love your neighbor? 
jump on our app and check that out. You know, other ways that you can love your neighbor this, uh, this season is uh, by calling up a friend or a family member who you know is having a hard time and just listening and loving them. You know, another way could be going and grabbing some gift cards for a family in your life that you know is having a hard time so that they can go and buy gifts and other things that they need, you know, for their kids. It's just, it's loving folks without having the expectation of anything back. Go out and love your neighbor. That's how we can obey in this season. And so Mary, she believed, she obeyed, and then she worshiped. I know that this, for some of us, is a very difficult season to show gratitude and to worship. It's not our default when so many of our plans are being changed in altars, when the comforts of our traditions feel like they might be being stripped away from us. But if Mary can, we can too. Spend time in prayer or throughout your day just thanking God for the things that you have and the opportunities that you've been given. Sing songs of praise that you know. Um, Go and and meditate on God's goodness right in the middle of the yuck of uh, of this COVID season. Worship. Mary believed, she obeyed, and then she worshiped right in the middle of where she was. And so right now, I want us to pray together But before we do, I wanna tell you just a really short story. A story of a time when I saw someone worship in the middle of devastating, just a devastating moment. And so uh, just under two years ago, um, two years this April, we, um, we lost my grandmother to a very long uh, battle with her health. And so the evening that we lost my grandmother, um, myself and several of my family members, we were circled around her bed and we watched her breathing slow and then eventually stop. And the devastation in that room, it was just, it was overwhelming, just the sorrow that we felt. And in this incredibly, the most difficult moment in my grandfather's life, he cried out loudly. He cried out, thank you God for my beautiful wife. In the moment that he lost the love of his life, in the most difficult moment in his life, my granddaddy, He worshiped. If he can worship in the most painful moment of his life, I can worship in my circumstances too. If Mary can worship, we can too. Will you pray with me? So God, we thank you We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our savior. We thank you for the baby that would become a man who would save us from ourselves, God.
And right now, if you're watching and you've never believed before, but you are ready to believe right now, it's as simple as believing. You can pray with me right now. You can repeat after me. You can say it under your breath, in your mind, in your heart. It doesn't matter because God can hear you no matter how you do it. It's as simple as saying, God, I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is your son. I believe that he died for me and can forgive me of my sins. God, I believe. Thank you, God, for Mary and for the incredible example that she was for us, God. That we could see in the middle of of wrecked plans, God, and in the middle of unknowns, in the middle of difficult circumstances that we can believe, that we can obey, and that we can worship God. Thank you that you could use this young woman to change the world, to change our world, to change our lives through your son, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray, amen.